what if I what if I just said no and left and just left you on here to record by yourself and be like this is the Tom show I would figure something out we could talk about my twin snakes and (laughs) my Gatorade it's gonna be be fun for the people who don't know what twin snakes are (laughs) if you don't know what these twin snakes are nobody can see you dummy that's the thing about a podcast. So just imagine, audience, two delicious gummy snakes <laughs> separated by flavor. You can either have cherry and orange together, apple and lemon for the psychopaths out there, and then blueberry and black currant. Also, Emily, what is a black currant? I was just going to ask you what a currant was. Um, I don't know. Is it like a date? I don't know. This is something we can regretfully have on my Google history. <laughs> I feel like a currant is something that old people eat to poop. I don't know why. Oh, okay. Well, so for those of you listening, it is like blackberries, but less mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> what do you mean less fun? Like, Emily, do you know how blackberries have all the seeds on the outside? Like, it's like a, it's a berry made up of tiny little berries. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that, but less fun. Oh, all right. I'll take your word for it and never eat one in my life. (laughs) The disappointing reaction is, I guess, the appropriate reaction for black currants. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Are you ready to do this, Tom? This is our very first episode. I think I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Hello and welcome. I'm Emily. And I'm Tom. And And we are are (laughs) Wicked Twisted. Welcome to our podcast where we talk about all things wicked. And twisted. Um, Okay, so so we kind of... What? What are you you drinking? Oh, Tom, I really wanted to drink something today. I was wicked excited. Um, unfortunately, I have not felt good all weekend, so I am sickly drinking um, ginger ale because my tummy doesn't feel great. Oh, Emily's tummy. I know. I was super upset because I was all like, oh, I'm going to get a glass of wine and I'm going to take a couple shots and then I'm going to slur my words. And, like, <laughs> it'll, it'll be wonderful. That's why when you said four o'clock, I was like, I thought we said five. So then I could be like, it's five o'clock at least now. um we had originally said five and then I thought about it and I was like Sunday's kind of hard because like you want to make dinner and prepare for like the next day so four o'clock sounded good Um, but I did I did put it in our calendar are you a meal prepper I am I just finished meal prepping actually so I did I did my lunch and Mark's lunch for the week and I like left him cute little notes but when when I say cute I mean like they say I like your poopy face and I draw an emoji of a poop. And so it's not, so, it's so not you're cute. the problem. You're the problem. I, then. You're the that, reason why we all have to be extra romantic it, because you're well, drawing no. shit on your, your boyfriend's post-it notes. Okay. But I think it's even funnier when his coworkers see it and they're like, wow, what a loving girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so Tom, I want to know if you're uh, ready for a story. I, I think I am. I have my Gatorade. I can spice it with vodka, depending on which direction this goes. Oh, spicy, Tom. Feeling yeah. spicy. I'll All right, the, I like I'll it. Also, a, a Captain Spiced Morgan. 
Oh, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. My tummy is not feeling it, but my head and heart are definitely feeling it. So I will live vicariously for you. Yeah, we're emotionally drinking. (laughs) All right. So today I'm going to be covering a very fascinating story. Um, And this one I've heard a couple other times on different podcasts. And for some reason, it's just really stuck with me. So I figured this would be a good one to start with. Um, But for those of you who want to listen to a really good podcast on it, I highly suggest the episode um, that, and that's why we drink it. They are one of my favorite podcasts. That is episode 77. Um, They're absolutely, absolutely amazing. And Christine, if you ever listen to this, I hope we can become best friends. (laughs) Other than that, um, another podcast that I listened to called Astonishing Legends. I can't remember if they did a podcast on it, like an episode, but I did find it on their blog. So those are the two that I would highly recommend um, if you would like to check out another really good one. All right. Are you ready for the story, Tom? My mouth is full of twin snake, but go ahead. Okay, great. (laughs) So today's story is, and I almost want to like put in a drum roll, The Green Children of Woolpit. Have you ever heard of it? Of where? Of Woolpit. Um, I'm going to, no, I have not heard of this story. Does it take place in England? It does take place in England. Good guess. Do you want to guess why I guess that? I do. No. Is it because you have been or want to go there at some point? Well, I want to go there, but like the name, for some reason, there are just names that you hear. Tell me if I'm wrong, Emily, but you hear them and you're You're like, yeah, that's from England. (laughs) No, no, no. You're right. You're right. I kind of get that. Like if you hear like a German name and yeah, it's that guessing game of what's the pronunciation and what are the syllables? I'm assuming they're in Maine. There's like a hundred countries in Maine. There's a hundred countries in Maine, like multiple yeah, countries there's like, there's within Norway, Maine. Maine. There's like <laughs> China, Maine. I mean, these not, might not all be countries, and you guys can correct me, but there's um. I um, mean, they're towns, Tom. No, they're countries, Emily. What are you talking about? They're embassies. They're <laughs> Tom. Tom, are you giving me a history lesson, and I don't know. No, it's, you wouldn't understand. It's bigger okay. than you. Everything is bigger than me. There, there are not many things that my brain understands. <laughs> All right, can I tell my story now? Are you going to keep interrupting me? No, please no, keep home interrupting card. me. All right, ready? All right. Yep. Um, Okay, so I'm wicked excited, um, and as a note, I will absolutely leave all the citations of where I got all my information in the show notes at the very end. Don't know where we're going to put those yet, but we will figure it out. Um, so the story is called The Green Children of Wolpet, and it's not actually known when these two children appeared, but most sources I could find all pointed to around the 12th century, so that's like the 1100s. Um, the story dates all the way back to the 12th century during the reign of either King Stephen or King Henry II, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, in a village called St. Mary's of Wolfpit, located in Suffolk, England, so you are right on the money. And as I did my research, I found that England, um, weirdly enough, because every place has their own history, has a history of making like legends and folklore about green people. So there are multiple green people in England for some reason. Like a green glow or like a green alien? Like green pixies, um, Tim Green or Tom Green. Um, There are a couple other like folk, they for some reason just have the name green in them and it's all about green people. I don't get it. 
Um, but who am I to judge? I'm not from England. All right. So fun fact, the village name is to believe is believed to originate from wolf pits, where it was said that the last wolf in England died in the 12th century due to these pits. Um, and wolf pits are exactly what they sound like. They're these hundred feet ditches that were man-made that people had made themselves and dug out themselves to trap wolves. Um, I'm assuming that they were doing this to make sure that there was no hunting in the areas so that they could hunt or so that their livestock could survive. Um, but seeing how they're ruining people walking around, maybe these were giant wolves that were like the size of Twilight and wanted to eat people. And so they needed hundred foot ditches for them. I really don't know. Um, and as the English language grew, just like anywhere else, the dialects changed. The village became known as Woolpit instead. So it dropped that F and that's how I'm going to refer to it for the rest of the story. Okay. Um, wait. So people were digging up just like pits to like yeah. trap wolves that were like coming into the village 100 percent, they would they would dig a pit and hope that a wolf would fall into it that was it that what was that was like, the what would happen if like a child fell in there well you're about to hear about that because that's literally what the story's about or like me i mean yeah you would you would die you there was no way to get out there i just i no don't way. I don't think that would be a time and place where I would survive. It would not. It, I would not have survived in the 12th century. I know that about myself. Um, green people and giant wolves. No, thank you. I'm good. I'd like to stay inside and watch my Netflix and drink my drinks. All right. So continue with this pitch. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So the village of Wolfit is located between the towns of Bury St. Edmunds and Stowe Market. And it's most known for the story of these green children. However, it is also known for the parish church that they had in their medieval woodwork. So one year during the harvest in Woolpit, reapers, and reapers are these people who just go and like grab crops and all that fun stuff, um, working near the old wolf pits, discovered two young children right at the mouth of one of these pits. And that varies depending on which source you use, but these kids um, as one could only imagine, were extremely frightened and they were just chilling in the bottom of the pit. Um, and some sources say that they were actually just walking around the woods and then the reapers kind of found them walking around the woods. But it just depends. For what I think happened, I think that they fell into this hundred foot bull pit. But what I don't understand is why they didn't break every bone in their body. Yeah, wait. So this guy comes up on upon these kids and they're just like, they're just like, as I guess as people say now, they're just vibing. They're just like. Yeah, they're literally. Yeah, they're I, just I like can only up. imagine them just like carefully like crawling down. Like I'm trying like, to. <laughs> um, so what I'm assuming at the time is I don't know if ladders existed in the 12th century. So oh, either God. they they either had a ladder, some like a wood ladder, or they were like, let's drop a rope or a bucket and try and like pull these children up. How old, how old are these kids? Uh, we don't know. Okay, so ready? There was yeah. one girl and there was one boy. They wore strange clothing for the timing. And some say that even the fabrics and fibers of their clothing were unfamiliar. They spoke a completely different, unrecognizable language. And most interesting of all, I'm sure you can guess, is that they had green skin. Their skin was green. Huh. So the, the, the Reapers were rightfully baffled by the whole situation. But like, thankfully, like any same human being actually were like, we can't leave these two green children in a pit that's 100 foot. Maybe a yes, wolf you can. Yeah, you can. No, you can. Leave it the fuck there. 
No, you cannot, Tom. They're children. You they're have green, to take Emily, them. and they got I down know, there. Like, I know. They crafted they a are, ladder. They are absolutely Any much... child that crafts a ladder to go down to the wolf pit. No, but they didn't craft a ladder. They were, the just, they were just, they were just, they were just down there. Like they had fallen into the pit. That's why okay. I said earlier, just I was like, why did they have broken bones? I don't know. Throw so some again, bread down, throw some twin snakes. <laughs> Oh, we'll talk about food later on. Don't you worry. All right. So, so listen, these reapers are walking. They find these two kids in a pit. Okay. They're just chilling. They're at the bottom. They got green skin. No one knows where their clothing's coming from. As a language, basically. Yeah. These guys are like, we got to, exactly. We got to haul them up. We got to take them back to our village. That's exactly what they do. They're like, we're going to go. We're going to go take them to the village. So upon returning to the village, the reapers took the kiddos to a knight slash land owner named Sir Richard DeCon, who welcomed them into his home. And I was like, wow, second person who's just like taking these green children and says, yeah, you can come into my yeah, home and yeah, sleep. Just and we'll take them in. So it, it seems like people were a lot nicer back in the day. I kind of, I kind of wish that there was some niceness. Do you think it is because people. we like lived in Massachusetts? Do you think that's like <laughs> why we're like, no. Maybe because we're all assholes and we're like, yeah. absolutely not. If you don't have donkeys for me, then I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah, 100%. And even um, now they have like the contactless delivery. Yeah, that's true. People don't even have to interact with each other, which is amazing. And I love it. But I also hate that same It's way. great for like a day where I'm like gorging myself and I'm like completely yes. just like having a day. And I'm yep, like, absolutely. I want food and I want you to get it. And I, I want, want you to get it. And I also don't want to see your face. I don't want you to see what I look like. <laughs> I don't want you to see what I look like. I don't want to see you. I want this food freshly delivered to the door. And that is that. <laughs> I agree. I agree with you. Right, um, so this was not a contactless delivery. This was absolutely not a contactless delivery. I I can only imagine the text message that I would have gotten. Hey, I um I found these children. They're green. I was wondering if you could take them at like a foster home being like, can you take in these two mutant children, mutant teenage ninja children? I mean, like if you had texted me that, I'd be like, hey, are we working at camp again? Like, <laughs> oh, you no. Know? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't even know what we would have done. All right. Um, so Sir Richard DeCon proceeded to give them a place to sleep and some food. However, and all the sources that I could find, um, these children wouldn't eat any food, literally would, would get into like frantics and, and start screaming and crying in tears. If you tried to hand them food, okay. which I, if somebody tried to hand me food and I had been starving in a wolf pit and they handed me bread, I would cry out of excitement one, because I love carbs, but two, like I'm starving. Of course I would want food. I know, but like, have you ever had like European food? Great question. Um, I assume because it's the 12th century, they ate bread all day long forever. Because yeah. I, I, a while back, had researched like your like medieval themed like Dinners. desserts. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it was like a theme night. And <laughs> you and your theme nights. Yeah, I love a good theme night. I know you do. But yeah, those desserts are disgusting. Yeah. No, yeah. So maybe you're right. Maybe I also would have like gotten hysterical and started crying. Um, but this this lasted for days. Like these kids would literally not eat. Um, which 
I'm very surprised because Tom and I both worked with young kids at one point and we could watch these little human garbage disposals eat a, like a three course meal and 30 minutes later be hungry. Oh, so I, I would assume these little children would be like, we really need to eat something. But eventually the children did decide to eat, but only when they were offered a particular food. And Tom, I want you to take a wild guess on what this food was. Um, bread. No. Any other guesses? Huh. No, it wouldn't be like wolf meat. <laughs> oh, what a good guess, but no, absolutely not. All right, so what was the, it? The only food that they would eat were bean stalks. What the bean stalks? Can we which just... are made I know. It Can made we... me think of the remember the jolly green giant like on the pecans and stuff? Like that's what I thought of. <laughs> crack one of those open. <laughs> crack a can of peas open scarf them down. you know what i have been known to eat like a can of green beans for dinner though i can butter only, and salt. i can only imagine like you've got these like two little like green gremlins Literally. and you like offer them a five course meal for multiple days and then just one day for you days. go out back and they're just like nibbling on some like freaking beans. And, well and that was the thing too so like they couldn't speak to anybody because they spoke a different language. So right. Richard, Richard Dacon, this, this guy who took them in, somebody was bringing in bean stalks. And so these kids started taking their hands and like pointing and gesturing towards the bean stalks. That was the only thing that they had like done the whole time that they were there other than scream and cry. So they pointed towards these bean stalks. Somebody brought over the bean stalks and they didn't even know how to open them. They, they knew that there was something inside. So they were like trying to open the pods, but they eventually gave up and just started chewing on the bean stalk itself raw. I mean, like sometimes completely. I do that with edamame. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so somebody ended up showing them how to open the pods and they just started scarfing them down. And that's all they would eat for months months this went on for months that they would only eat bean stocks i mean like i don't want to say this and like not subject myself to knowing that i also don't eat a nutritional diet but <laughs> emily that does not seem very no, nutritional you can't so obviously you can't live off bean stocks forever so eventually the children had to expand their diet and when they did their green tinged skin started to dissipate so it slowly started to go away and they started to look like normal human beings. Unfortunately, nice. though, at the time, the um, the boy, and we'll find out later that they were a brother and sister and that the sister was older. Um, he unfortunately increasingly became depressed and increasingly became ill and eventually just succumbed to his illness and died. Um, however, his older sister remained in good health and in the care of Sir Richard, um, who ended up making her... Uh, who ended up teaching her how to speak English along with everybody else in the kind of village. Um, she also got baptized. And according to some sources, she adopted her new name, which was Agnes Barr. And I will refer to her as Agnes for the rest of the time. Um, after she got married to a man whose name I completely forgot and forgot to write down because I didn't really care. Um, so she got married. She renamed herself Agnes. She learned how to speak English and she lived in this town without her brother. She was able to eat other food other than green beans and green pods all day long. Um, so once Agnes had learned how to speak English, the questioning finally started because everybody's like, all right, right. tell us your story. Like what, like what happened to you? Where'd you come from? All of this. Like, Are you ready to I hear what Agnes said? You? Where do I return you, basically? How to return to sender, green yes. child. 
Um, are you ready to hear what this girl said? Yes, I am. So according to Agnes, both her and her brother came from an underground homeland known as St. Martin's Land, where everything and everyone was green. And it was always twilight. There was never any full sunlight. Hands down, you best believe I would have 100% believed this child and said, take me to your leader. I need to go. I would like to become a green children of the corn. No, Emily, children of the green stock. No, no. I was like, that is what, what child would make that up? Like once they knew how to talk to you and like have assimilated to life and you say, where'd you come from? Like what? Oh God. (laughs) Um, Sorry. For those of you listening, she was speaking like an Italian, very dramatic. And she just like whipped her headphones like behind her. Absolutely. Um, but like what you wouldn't have a reason to make that up, in my opinion. You wouldn't return it. Put it return. back. Put, Put it, it back. Buck back. I know. This is how I get killed. Like this is how I get killed. I never listen. Um Okay, so since Agnes was a child when she was found and a bit older by the time that she was able to speak English, there tends to be some inconsistencies in the story. Like any childhood memories you misremember or you don't remember it correctly or you can't reach that far back into your memory. So obviously there are some inconsistencies and sometimes she would have a hard time kind of telling the story or remembering some of her childhood from back in St. Martin's Land. Now, according to Agnes in St. Martin's Land, there was another beautiful town Um, right across the way from it, but it was separated by a very, very large river that they were unable to cross. So they were never able to get to this other town. And sometimes this other town was told to be a town of great light. And so it's almost like you could see the sunlight beyond it. Because remember, they've never seen the sunlight. They have only ever had twilight in their underground town. So they're like in search of light, essentially. It's not that they're in search of, that's just where they lived. So that was their town with lots of people who were green and everything else was green in the land. They had twilight, they lived underground and there was another town across from them, but it was completely separated by a large river that they said they could not cross. Now, according to Agnes in St. Martin's Land, um, oh no, I already read that part. So the most common version of the story is that both Agnes and her brother were herding their father's cattle and found themselves in the mouth of a cave. Sometimes it's said that they were chasing after the flock, but a lot of times it's said that they both heard um, these beautiful bells and they were like, we heard these bells. And so we went through the cave because we wanted to get to the bells. They sounded really beautiful. Um, So they followed these bells. And at the end of the cave, the children found themselves on the earth's surface where they were met with bright sunlight, which they had never seen before. And now this goes back to earlier when I was mentioning that some sources say that the kids were wandering around the woods and some sources say that the kids were in a wolf pit. Um, And I mean wolf pit, not wolf pit. Uh, I was mentioning that. And um, these kids were overwhelmed by the bright light. And so they kicked up too much dirt and weren't able to find the entrance of the cave or they began wandering and couldn't find their way back. So either way, that's how the reapers found them, is that they had left their homeland because of these bells where they were chasing a flock, and that's how they found themselves in the woods. So it sounds to me like these kids went from the underground tunnel to the mainland surface, and then became disoriented by the bright light because they'd never seen the sun before, and then fell into the wolf pit, and that just makes the most sense. 
Right. Or like the cattle had navigated through the cave. But right. But I'm like thinking about where cattle. Is cave? Right. Where is this cave? Nobody freaking knows. So everybody in the town was like, there is no such land as St. Martin's land. Like nobody had ever heard of it. They were like, this, this place doesn't exist. And that doesn't explain the language that they were speaking. And that doesn't explain why they were underground. What? <laughs> so there are two scholars that recorded this story. Um, unfortunately, they are both secondhand accounts. So they didn't come directly from Agnes herself, which kind of makes it more, I don't, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for, but that, that makes sense why there would be like a couple different sources and a couple different iterations of the story where one is saying that they're walking around and that's how they were found. And the other was saying that they had fallen into a wolf pit. But the first scholar was Ralph, Ralph Cogsall and the second was William of Newburgh. So Ralph Cogsall claims that he heard the story multiple times straight from Sir Richard DeCon himself who took both the kids in um, and let Agnes live in his servitude basically at his house until she was married and took her name Agnes Barr. While the historians um, William Newber was originally a skeptic, he didn't believe the story until he went to the town of Woolpit and listened to all the very competent witnesses and turned out he was like, wow, like there are a lot of people who witnessed this. It has to be true. So William's story focuses less on the children being found and, ex- and more on Agnes's telling of St. Martin's Land, where they came from. So after gaining stories from the witnesses, he found that St. Martin's Land was named after their patron saint. It was filled with churches and many of the people were of the Christian religion, which I was like, that's a lie. Oh, it's straight up lie. These underground people had no churches, no patron saints. Like, I, I don't believe that even for a freaking second. Um, the land yeah, was never our god who's who's <laughs> up there with the is it stalagmites or stalagmites or whatever stalagmites the twin snakes live up there and yeah, he's up there <laughs> yeah exactly i was like that has to be made up i do not believe you sir whatever your name is again um Okay, so this this is from uh, William's story. So the land um, never had direct sunlight and there's a giant river that they are unable to cross and it leads to another town. One night, her and her brother decided that they were finally going to cross the river and they ended up walking through a dark forest instead of a cave. So that's where one of the iterations comes in and found themselves at Woolpit and couldn't find their way home. Now that Agnes's story, <laughs> now... Agnes's story, she stuck till it till the day that she died. She was like, we came from St. Martin's land. We lived underground. There were green people, green everything, twilight, large river. That's where we came from. She stuck to that till the day that she died. And I believe later on, after being married, that she had kids too. Um, and it's it's said that there are still descendants of Agnes Barr living in Woolpit today. Um, I didn't go fully into all of that because I just kind of wanted to focus on the theories um that all right hang on so we're almost there we're, we're getting to the theories now um do, 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 do. i'm trying to find my spot okay so now because so 
now because of this, all, all the people were left to kind of theorize the origins of the green children because nobody really knows anything. Nothing was ever proved or disproved. Some people don't even believe that the story exists um, and that this was literally just a story and that these children were never found. Like it was just all made up. So I'm just going to go through some of the theories that I have found. So one reason that scholars and historians dispute that this story ever even happened is because there was no mention of green children of Woolpit in the Anglo-Saxon Chronicles, which was a popular work that dealt with English history up until the death of King Stephen. And as you remember before, I said this happened around the time of King Stephen. And the whole book was supposed to include wondrous stories popular to the time. So you would think that this would be a wondrous story and that they would have included it. So that's one dispute for people who are like, no, this is a made up story, it didn't happen. Some think that the kids actually suffered from brain sickness, which was a term given to dietary deficiencies of anemia, or it could have been chlorosis as we now know it today, which was another form of anemia, often found in adolescent girls and young women that was characterized by green tint of the skin. Eventually the treatment would turn out to be iron supplements, but once the girl had started eating a more roast robust diet, the green skin had kind of gone away. But that doesn't explain why the brother would have had it. But I guess if it's anemia. Uh, right, it can happen anemia. to anybody just more so in like young girls. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So another theory is because it took so long for the girl to speak English, by the time that she was able to tell her story, she had actually assimilated into Woolpit and life in Woolpit but she started to misremember where she came from. So it said that maybe she was just remembering a particularly like cloudy time in her memory. So that's why there was no sunlight. Um, and that's not uncommon for the UK and like England and everywhere else in, in um, like Ireland, Scotland, it tends to be very cloudy and very rainy. So that would make sense why they hadn't seen the sun before. Um, hang on. Okay. And then one theory mainly made up by a man named Robert Burton, and I got this no one directly Robert, from the, no, <laughs> no exactly, no Robert, no Robert. Um, this I got exactly from the podcast, um, episode 77 of, and that's why we drink, and I had to put it in there. One theory mainly made by a man named Robert Burton, who wrote the book called The Anatomy of Melancholy. In this theory, these green children just fell from heaven straight into a pit. And what else would anybody interpret that as other than aliens? So many people theorize that based on this green children came from another world. So they, he was just like, these children just dropped from the air and are Martians. And that was it. That was the whole theory. Robert, no, like, yeah. Robert. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm like, okay, I can get behind a good alien theory, but I literally what was the point like what even like they were just like this is how we do foster care in our land we just fucking drop like, the kids yeah, off pick them out this planet. side like why yes. would you bring them like to our world at that time yeah it's like, like the rainy ass England like I don't know I don't know and so poor Robert Robert was like yeah this is the hill I'm gonna die something on. tells me like people don't invite Robert to many parties probably not <laughs> I definitely would not invite Robert to a party. Um, like I think so I would, <laughs> but I would be like, it's over at seven. You need to leave by seven. <laughs> and he would be the only one that I told that to. So everybody else could stay with yeah, Robert. Yeah, exactly. Robert had to go home. <laughs> um, so what do you guys think of Robert? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so the next one was when it comes to the strange language that the children spoke. Many theorize that this was actually, in fact, not a strange 
strange language, but it was Flemish. Um, many, many theorize that these children were actually just Flemish immigrants that lived in Fornham, which was also known as Fornham St. Martin, and is only two miles away from Bury St. Edmunds, one of the surrounding towns of Woolpit. And the church in Bury St. Edmunds also has bells that regularly ring loudly. So this means that the kids could have followed the sounds of the bells two miles out of their town in Fornham St. Martin and wound up getting lost between Bury St. Edmunds and Woolpit, which were, like I said, only a couple miles away from each other. Uh, in addition, in addition, now listen to this, there's a river named Lark that ran near Fornham St. Martin and the area around Bury St. Edmunds has underground passages from flint mines that had been in the area. Oh. So I really hate how plausible that theory theory uh, theory sounds to um, to be truthful, and thankfully I'm not the only one out there. So skeptics that note that Flemish immigrants had been around for a while, um, and that people living in the town of Woolpit would have at least had one person that would have recognized that the children were speaking Flemish, even if they couldn't speak it themselves, they would have been able to say. That's not like gibberish. That's not an unknown language. It's we've, it's we've literally heard that. we've heard that. And so they would have been able to like return the kids. But that never happened. Everybody in the town was like, no, this isn't a foreign language. We don't know what this is. Foreign materials. The kids are green. I don't even I couldn't even find anything to say that they tried to bring them back to Fornham St. Martin or that when she was older, Agnes even went to Fornham St. Martin. Which she did. No, I couldn't find anything oh, that said that oh, she returned. Oh, okay. So I'm like, yeah, that sounds really plausible because, I mean, that would make sense why they followed bells. It would make sense if they were living in the old Flint mines. It would make sense that there would be a river. Um, and the area itself makes sense too, but it just, I don't know. I, I want to believe that theory because it sounds like the most plausible thing that happened. Well, but I also really... Diet? Right? And the fact that they had green skin and didn't know what any other food was? Like, like they would cry anytime there was other food? And, right, and like they, I said, that went on for months. They weren't like toddlers. Like, they were like walking and talking and... Yeah, they right, were able so to talk and walk. They were at and, least like five, six. They have to... I feel like they have to be like six or eight. Like, one one was older. Right. And they were, they were supposed to be attending to their cattle. So you wouldn't send a five-year-old to attend cattle. Right, if they're tending, excuse me, oh my gosh, um, <laughs> no, if they, I mean, if they were tending to cattle, they definitely would know of other food, like, they're, they're out there, they're doing shit. Exactly, so they would have had other, so again, this one is the most plausible theory, but I just, I don't know, I'm like, there are so many other things that you could have done then, like, somebody would have not maybe been able to speak Flemish, but would have at least recognize like this is a language that we had seen before and then that never explains the clothes nobody ever explains the clothes oh yeah wait right because they even said that some of the material and like fabric was was like, unrecognizable like and i'm like and i don't only, personally know how the only like plausible like thing is that they were from a city like less than two miles away like that checks all the boxes but that city two miles away is not like I don't would know, not like, have unrecognizable like fabrics. Like, like, na yeah. like Native American, like it's not that far. Yeah. Um, one, so one of the best theories that I had actually heard um, 
And again, this is on episode 77 of And That's Why We Drink, which is one of my citations later on in the show notes, um, is that these kids were just abandoned. Um, And while abandoned, they ended up getting raised. Okay, so this is the best theory because I think it's the funniest. Um, So these kids were abandoned. And when they were abandoned, they ended up being raised by wolves living in caves, which is why they hadn't seen. No, I, I must. I must. They were raised by wolves and living in caves, which is why they weren't used to the sun. They had a poor diet and were suffering from chlorosis. Oh, and then yeah. Once, okay. And then once brought to the town. Some reports say that when the children saw food, they would howl at the moon and then run on all fours for the rest of the night. What the? F- That's the answer. We found so, it, everybody. We found it. That is the That's, most plausible theory. Yep. We're <laughs> and no wonder now. they would we are research. <laughs> I deserve an award. Yeah. Um so there are more theories about idea. like I know there are more theories out there about parallel dimensions, aliens, and I wanted to end on a high note, which is why I ended on that one because I, I like the idea of them like crawling on all fours and howling at the moon uh, with bean stalks in their mouth um yeah so you like traumatize them by putting them in a pit full of like dead wolves like i know i don't even know if there were dead wolves in it yeah nobody ever says um so that's the story of the green children of Woolpit. is it true is it fake the world may never know only acnes does that's it tom (laughs) what do you think what do you think happened tom I mean, it's hard to say that I'm trying to be, like, really optimistic. Okay, I believe that they existed. I believe these kids existed. Oh, I think the kids exist. Like, even if you look back at, like, fairy tales that we tell our kids today, all Mm -hmm. of those are just a huge exaggeration of an actual event that happened right way way back like you know you look at like a lot of and i like to tell this to a lot of people because this is very true you like to look at like a lot of old fairy tales like about pirates and stuff and they refer to like the tree of life Mm -hmm. and the reason that happened is because um they all had scurvy and when sailors arrived Mm -hmm. in native america or America as we know it today, um, there's a lot of like hemlock along the shore mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. boiled that into a tea and that saved their life. So therefore tree of life. But mm-hmm. when you hear about it in stories, it's super exaggerated that it has oh, like yeah. this all encompassing power. But we also have to remember that language over time translates not just in words, but in potency. Mm -hmm. so like yeah the word translated just fine but the like exaggeration of that word may have changed so I think this really did happen but (laughs) it's it's far too many things to have to happen at the same time like well so here, here's the thing. I, I absolutely can believe, all right, there were two children that were found in the woods or in a, in a pit. That, that made sense, okay? That, that must have happened all the time. Kids get lost, yeah. never found, whatever. Um, so then that the kids were found, I, I absolutely, like, what, what would be the reason to make up that they had green skin? 
what on earth would be the would be the reason? And when you think about it, if you eat too many carrots, that's been known to happen, that your skin kind of turns orange. So that makes sense. If they were living off of something that was completely green and that was the only thing that they had access to, sure. Oh. I could see that I could see that, you know what I mean, they would have green skin because they're saying everything where they came from is green. Well, so if they're only they eating only green vegetables. Corn stalks, right. Yeah, they only ate those green, um, green bean stalks, which are are green. Um, so if their only diet was things that were green, then that makes sense that their skin would be greenish. Okay. Those two things make sense. You already know how I feel about them speaking a different language and nobody understanding whether it's Flemish or if it was a completely unknown language. Um, we already don't know the answer to the fabrics and stuff, but I do recognize what you're saying because I took a lot of uh, classes in my master's program, not my master's, my bachelor's program, um, about folklore and about storytelling and how we orally tell stories and every kind of folklore or legend or story or tale that we tell our children has a meaning to it, right? So it has some sort of lesson that they learn. There's no lesson to be learned here other than don't leave green children in a pit to die. Like there's no lesson out of this. You know what I mean? So that's the only reason why I'm like, it's not even a folklore. Right, like what's the value in what would be the value in telling this story? Um, and then the other skeptics are like, well, it wasn't in the book of Anglo-Saxons, so it it didn't happen at all. Some historians are like, no, it didn't happen, and people just made it up. But then the two people up, like where would they why would they make it up? And the one source who I talked about earlier, I believe it was William from William from somewhere, Ralph from Cogsall had gotten his whole story from Sir Richard de Khan, who raised Agnes. He heard it direct, he said he heard it directly multiple times from him. And then the other guy, William from William of Newburgh, had talked about the fact that he visited the town of Woolpit during this time and he specifically talked to all the witnesses. What? Why would this town make this up? You know? Isn't this like it's so cool? That's why I had to. I was like, this needs to be a story that we tell on the podcast because there's no, we don't know if it's true. We don't know if it's fake. We only have theories, and that's it. That's it. That's all we know about the story. But now people tell it in huh. the UK. You know what I mean? Like they've written literature on it, they've written little tales about it and whatnot. Um, but that's it. That's all we got. I. I, yeah, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's, I'll, I'll, I, <laughs> yeah, I, dude. I do believe in aliens and like, I think that they could. I, I, stop it, Robert. I'm going to call you Robert if you continue. This. <laughs> Just let me stay till seven. Just let me, <laughs> let me stay till seven. No, no, no. Robert, I mean, no. the most logical and also Robert's story um both have like equal footing there like yeah. it could go either way it could so that is the story of the green children of Woolpit Tom wow yeah I was right. I was like and, and see this is why this story sticks with me though is I'm like this is such a wild one it's very light-hearted and also like very I mean we're talking about two abandoned children, so maybe it's not like, but 
I would have left them the fuck alone in that. I know you would. I would have left them in the pit. What if they had? Well, that's what like with the theory of them being ravenous like wolves. I would have assumed they would have eaten me. Well, as every story comes to an end, this one unfortunately does not. Every wicked and twisted thing in the universe continues to exist. People, People are, are wild. Weird. They're just really weird. <laughs> All right. Well, that is the end of episode one, the green children of Woolpit. We hope that you enjoyed. Um, we do not know when we are going to be releasing this one so stay tuned and good luck (laughs) yeah and then if you guys have any thoughts as well as to what might happen um please do let us know Um, yeah and you can email us at podcast wicked twisted at gmail.com if you have any answers to how this actually happened if you have any corrections to be like no emily you got this wrong um and here's my citations please politely and nicely do that because you will hurt my feelings (laughs) other than that um goodbye we'll see you soon bye